Well, again, welcome. It's great to see you guys, those of you that are here in the auditorium, those of you that are watching online. You know, we're so glad that you get to be part of our worship service. This was a, a big day, you know, for us reopening as a church and meeting again, you know, together, still having our social distancing and, you know, uh, just certain occupancy here in the auditorium. But man, I'll tell you what, I miss you guys so much. Like the last couple of months have been like great and wonderful and not so great. It's just so challenging and struggling. Like I, I love my church family. I love you guys I have so many really, really close friends in this church, and we're so glad that you're a part of us. I, I know I appreciate so many of you that are connecting with us online, and, and connecting online and through video is great. It's wonderful. But man, I am a people person. Like sometimes I just need a big bro hug, and, and so that's the type of person that I am. So it is just great to see all of you finally after the last few months. Yeah, we just are loving this today, seeing your faces and, and talking with you in person. I mean, who would have thought, right? We're talking in person and seeing each other. It's awesome. And we're also celebrating today because I'm not sure if you've driven down Minton Road recently, but if you have, you will notice that there are bulldozers and excavators on our property. What's up with that? Woo! We're super excited, man. They've been knocking trees out, moving some dirt, and our family was away this past week on vacation, and that's one of the first things we did when we got into town. We drove by that land, and we're like, oh my gosh, look at that, and many of you have commented and said that too, and you want to drive by and honk, but you don't want to scare people around you on the road, and I'm like, yeah, we need to go have a big parade, and we all need to drive by there and just like scream, right? We're super excited. It's, it's been a long journey, so we're celebrating that as well such a great week for us and so but we're, we're so glad that you are here in person today those of you that chose to come that is so great but we're also so glad for those of you that are continuing to join us online and this is just going to be something that we will continue to do to do moving forward we will continue to be online every week um, from now on it's it's just one of the ways that we're just going to continue to gather as a church and so God's using it mightily and so we're really excited about that and so you can now attend in person and or you can attend online I know this week we asked you to sign up online to attend but next week we won't be requiring you to sign up uh, we have the auditorium marked off to 50% capacity and so you are welcome to choose which service you want to attend next week but we are not opening our kids' environments quite yet. We are still waiting a little bit more um, to get a better handle on that to make sure that we do that properly. So, um, but you are welcome to come with your kids. We love your family, we love your kids, um, and we love seeing all of you. So we're so glad yeah. that you're here today. So as we look at you know, every single Sunday and every single message and every series that we do you know, as lead pastors and pastor, our pastoral team and, and just the life of our church and, and how we want to continue to dive into God's word and, and to disciple you know, each other and, and get sharper, uh, we, we always try and plan series out on particular ways. And man, I'll tell you what, it, it is not shocking that God seems to line everything up just the way that it needs to be because we're going to be starting a brand new series this morning in, the, in this service, and we're going to be taking a look at the book of Ephesians. You know, over the next several weeks, the next couple of months, we're going to be taking it chapter by chapter, walking through it, and I'll tell you what, this book, th this first chapter is perfect. It just lines up so perfectly because of all the tension in our nation right now. Uh, the, it, it's obvious what's going on and, and the reasons why. I mean, it doesn't matter. 
matter if, you, if you're looking at race or political affiliation or lingering COVID-19 issues or do I still wear a mask or not, you know, I mean, and, and, and so different people are still in different places, you know, regarding all of those. But man, I'll tell you what, it, it is just, there's no denying the tension right now. And so the reason, you know, we, we want to start off this series is because in Ephesians chapter 1, the, what, what Paul starts out in writing is, is he talks about identity. Uh, he talks about who we are in Christ. And that is so important because identities are in question right now and, and how do we affiliate. And this is a very, very timely message. No doubt. This is one of the, one of the most powerful messages that, that we can grab a hold of, that we can self-identify in who we are. I mean, this is a foundational principle that we all need and we need this badly because we're all called to love each other with the same love that Christ shows us. When he died on the cross and he showed that for us, we are to experience that. We're to show that to other people. And so when you talk about identity and who we are in Christ, we have to know and understand who we are first. Then we can understand what to do and how to live this out. And so this is a very timely message and what we need to focus on right now. Yeah, it's so powerful, this passage of Scripture. And, and as we dive in, I think you'll, you'll feel that it'll resonate with you because it, it is a time right now where just our hearts are breaking to see so much injustice in, in this world, so much division. It's just, it's breaking our hearts. And, and, but when you look at this passage in Ephesians chapter 1, it, it, you, we're seeing that people, they want to be accepted. Everyone wants to be accepted. You, you have that intrinsic need, and I do as well. Everyone wants to be accepted. They're, they're looking for approval and, and for love and respect. And so this is what we're seeing in particular right now with, with the black community. They are crying out for those things. They are crying out to, to be approved of, to be loved, to be respected, and to just be accepted. They're crying out for that, and we can see that, and, and we're going to see how that comes to play in this passage this morning. But we all, we all need to do what we can to help to foster racial reconciliation. It's so important right now, and, and, and we're going to see part in this, this scripture how we can do that. And, but we each have to do our part, and we have to, to make sure we're listening, right? We have to humble ourselves to listen to others, to listen to those in the black community. We need to learn and we need to grow, right? I know for, my, for myself, I've chosen to read books. I've chosen to read articles and, and look at research. And I, I've, I've reached out to, to friends of mine to talk to them, to ask questions because I need to know, I need to understand. And, and I need to grow through that because this, this is part of what all of us should be doing. And, and so I know... Years and years and years ago, so I've noticed myself, I've been changing over the years because I've been able to have conversations and listen and grow. And years and years and years ago, I would tell you that I don't, I don't see race. I don't see race at all. I just see people. And that's all that matters to me. And I would say that, right? But that's discounting who other people are. Because their, their skin color, their race, that's a part of who they are. That's a part of their identity. And to not acknowledge that is to discount them. And so I've learned that over the years. Many, many years ago, I, d I didn't know that. And so I would say that. And now I know. And now I understand. And I've been able to learn and grow. And so we all should be a part of that. I know it was wonderful hearing from our very good friends, Rodney and Chantel, earlier. And uh, many years ago, probably about uh, 
five or six years ago, we were um, going out to have some ice cream with them. We were just getting to know them and, yeah. and hanging out together. And our oldest son was probably about five or six, our youngest son was probably about five or six at the time. And so we were having ice cream together as families. And we were going around and sharing what our favorite desserts were. So everyone was saying, oh, what's your favorite dessert? And so Chantel says, oh, my favorite dessert are brownies. And so our youngest son kind of looked at her and said, oh, well, you must eat a lot of brownies because your skin is all brown. <laughs> and so, yeah, so immediately Aaron and I, our hearts sunk, and we were like, oh, my goodness. I hope that didn't offend them. I hope it, you know, it wasn't offensive or didn't hurt them. And we were just super worried. But, you know, thankfully, you know, Rodney and Sheldon, who they are, we were able to talk about it. And now we, we look back on it and we talk about it and we laugh and we chuckle and, and stuff like that. But it, it's, it's situations like that. It's experiences like that. We're able to learn and we're able to grow together, right? And, and that's what it's all about. And if you are a Christ follower, then you are called to be a part of this. You are called to be a part of the racial, racial reconciliation. That's God's heart. That's God's heart, and so you're, you're called to be a part of it. And the only way we're going to experience that, the only way that we're going to reach the unity that God has for us as people and as a nation is through Jesus. It's through Jesus. And so our relationship with God is paramount in this. It's paramount because everything comes from the overflow of that connection with God. Everything comes from that overflow because when we're close with God, then we can see things the way that he sees them. When we're close with God and we're gleaning from him, then we can see other people the way that he sees them. And when we're close with God, we can get a sense for what his heart breaks for. And then our heart can break for that as well. And right now, his heart is breaking for the injustice in our, in our world. He is breaking for, his heart is breaking for the injustice towards the black community right now. And so out of the overflow of our relationship to God, we're going to be able to see that clearly. We're going to be able to respond and act in a way that he is leading us to do. So anytime you look at our lives, like our response every single time should be as unto worship, as worship unto God. Uh, that, that, that should permeate every single aspect of our lives because that's the way we were designed. We were made in his image to worship him and glorify him and everything. And along with that, what comes out is that we are to show the love of Christ to every single person. So regardless of religious beliefs, regardless of race, like that, that doesn't even matter. And that's the type of church that we are. Like we're going to do that. We're going to continue to do that. And, and that's why this book of Ephesians, and especially chapter 1, is an incredible launching point for us to move forward with this, uh, because this is like, I don't, I don't know if you've read the, the, the book of Ephesians, but it's six chapters, and it is just jam-packed, full of good stuff. And so we're super excited to, to dive in and to look at everything. And so let me give you a little bit of context, a little bit of background on the understanding of Ephesians. So Ephesians is, is actually a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And so he writes a letter to them talking about a number of different things, and, it, and it's written while he's in prison. He's, he's imprisoned in Rome, and it's right around 60 AD, and he's writing to this church, and, and he covers so many different aspects. I mean, he, he talks about a big vision type perspective. He talks about big picture. He, he talks about the fact that we need to show unity. 
You know, in, in, in the body of Christ, he, he talks about the, the reality that even despite us being connected with each other and with the Lord, we're going to face challenges. We're going to face struggles. And one of the things that's really neat is, is Ephesians in its six chapters is actually split into two different parts. And that's just like the Bible. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Well, in Ephesians, in the first part, it talks about the beliefs. And the second part, it talks about the application of those beliefs. So chapters one through three is all about the understanding of who we are as Christians, what we believe, why we believe it, and, and to, to understand why, why we're to do, have those things in our life. But then chapters four through six are how we live that out. So we understand our identity and who, but now four through six, you know, that we'll cover in, in a few weeks is that we get to live this out in our journey. You know, the word journey is one of the words that I just love to use periodically because every single one of us, we have a unique story and a unique journey. And God has us, wants us to be using those things that he teaches us and shows us our whole entire life every single day on the course of our journey. So let's go ahead and dive in. Let's look at Ephesians chapter one, starting in verse one. This is what uh, Paul writes. And this is the letter from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So he's starting off this letter to the church just the same way that you and I would. You know, hey, how you doing? This is who I am. This is my bio, and, and this is what's going on. And, and so this, this is written to you. And then he gets into this really interesting piece right there in verse 2. He says, may, may God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. And here's what's interesting is he says grace and then peace, right? Grace comes before peace. And here's the reality. We have to have grace before we can experience peace. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for peace in my life, right? Maybe if we're the times that we're struggling with fear or worry or doubt or disbelief or we're going through a struggle, we want to experience peace. Well, here's the deal. In order to fully appreciate the peace, I think we have to have the, the primary experience where we understand God's grace first. And so if you right now in your life, if you are longing for peace or not experiencing peace, it's possible that you don't have a full understanding of God's grace uh, because we can experience God's grace where grace is that undeserved, that unmerited favor that God gives to us in our lives. And all of that, God's grace, God's favor for us, it is all because of Christ. And that's our first point today. It's, it's all because of Christ. The reason we receive that grace is because of Christ. Looking in verse 3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And so every spiritual blessing that we could possibly imagine is given to those who are in Christ. We have access to that, and it's because of Christ. And so I have a visual aid for you today. This, this cup is a representation of Christ, and the water is us. And so when we accept Christ, we become unified with him. We become in Christ and so this is, this is us. We are the water. Christ is this glass. And so you can see wherever the glass goes, the water goes with it. It's, it's together, right? Wherever the glass goes, the water goes with it. And so we are to be in Christ. And so we have access to all of the spiritual blessings that were given to Jesus. 
we have access to that because we have become a part of God's family. We, it tells us in Scripture that we become co-heirs with Christ. And so we have access to the same things he does. And so we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. And man, if there was ever a time that we needed the power of the Holy Spirit, it is now. We have that. We have access to that. We have access to the fruit of the Spirit. And we need that as well right now. We need love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We need that flowing through us in this time of division and struggle in, in, our, in our country, right? We need these in our life, and we have access to that. It was given to us. We have access to healing, physical, emotional, relational, racial healing. We have access to that because of the spiritual blessings we have and God's provision and so many others, but whatever was given to Christ was given to us. And, and we inherit that just as Christ did because we have become co-heirs when we choose to believe in God. Yeah, I love that aspect where we become co-heirs and connected with him. And that brings up our second point that we want to touch on, and that's adoption. You know, another blessing that we receive because of God's grace when we are in Christ is adoption into God's family. And it talks about this in verses four through five. Let's take a look. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is, this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. And so I, I love these verses where it just talks about the reality that God chooses us, right? God picks us. You know, every single one of us, there have been different times when there have been others in a line and, and, and you get picked, you know, and you get picked first and you're like, yes, or, or you're, you're in a raffle and your, your ticket gets picked. Like, we, there, there, there's something significant. There's something special about this. And so Paul is writing and he's talking about adoption. And so you and I, we get adopted in to God's family and that means we become sons and daughters of the king. And that's, there's so much significant with, significance with that. It is so powerful, regardless of race, regardless of the language that we speak, regardless of where we're from, we become sons and daughters. There's only one prerequisite. It's the unification through Christ. That's it. That, that, that's, the, that's the thing. That's, that's the tying bond that brings us all together is because we are united in Christ. You know, one of the great biblical examples of unification of this is uh, in, in John chapter 4. I don't have those verses, but I want to share that, that story with you. If you haven't read John 4 yet, it's a great passage that you need to dive into. Uh, it, it's actually about Jesus encountering a Samaritan woman at a well. And so what, what was going on is Jesus and his, and his disciples, they were traveling, and, and he said, hey, we've got to go through Samaria. And, they, and Jesus was at the well, you know, needed a drink of water. The disciples had gone into the town to, to get something to eat, and a woman came out in the, in the heat of the day to draw water from the well. And, and the reason that this is so significant and so timely for right now is because Jews actually saw themselves as better than Samaritans. That they actually looked down on Samaritans and who they were, so they saw them as less religious. And then on top of that, this is a woman at the well. And during this time era, and in this culture, men were in higher social status and standing than women. And so Jesus is at the well with a Samaritan woman. Do you see the magnitude of this and what's going on? And Jesus is being very deliberate. And I love the fact that Jesus had to go through Samaria. 
and to experience, so, so, the, so he could meet this woman. Because you know what happens after that? Jesus brings her forgiveness. Jesus brings her reconciliation in her life because she's so distraught. She knows what she's doing is not right, but she wants to change and doesn't know how. And Jesus is the one that brings that. And Jesus is the one that allows her to go back and, and bring the other village people up to where the well is so he can tell them about who he is as well as being the Messiah. So you're talking about significant spiritual transformation amongst the whole entire village. And that's exactly where Jesus was to, so that they could experience the transformation and the unification in him in becoming their savior as well. Because when you look at the idea and understanding of adoption, it's one of the, you know, it's a beautiful thing, you know, in my opinion, where, you know, maybe you have a, a man and a woman who are married or unmarried that they can't, you know, keep their child. They decide to give it up for adoption for whatever reason. But so many times, if you've talked to somebody who's been adopted, sometimes they can struggle with identity. You know, it's where they can struggle just and experience that pain going, why in the world did my parents give me up? Like, my, my mom is supposed to love me. Like, why didn't she keep me? And that can cause a lot of pain. You know, and so I just want to share, you know, the, the idea of adoption is so significant because you get to pick the child that you're taking in as your own to become adopted. Now, if you're a parent, you know you, you've, you've birthed your children and you're stuck with them. Like the kids that God gave you, those are yours. Like, you, like you, you have to keep them, and so you're stuck with them. But when you understand adoption, like God picks you and I. He chooses us. He selects us to adopt us as his own. That's so powerful. Uh, now looking in verse 6 through 8, it says, So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So right there in those verses, that is, that's the key to salvation. That is the key to, to our life in Christ. It's, it's our identity. That's where our fulfillment is found and our purpose. It's found in Christ. It's so vital to us. That is what gives us this new life, right? That we, we can find forgiveness and reconciliation. And that there was no sin when, when God created Adam and Eve. There was no sin in the world. And, and, and through them, sin entered the world, right? I mean, that's, that's the moment that sin entered the world. And God had to come up with this plan to reconcile us, to bring us back to him. And so you can see it, that the attacks on our identity, the attacks on Adam and Eve's identity didn't happen until sin entered the world. And so racism didn't exist until sin entered the world. And thankfully, there is now forgiveness that comes through Jesus. See, God came up with this plan for us to be reconciled, to find forgiveness, to have this new life in him. And so that is what Jesus came to. Jesus came to solidify our identity. Jesus came to bring reconciliation. And we can receive that forgiveness. We can live free because of that. Yeah, so when you understand who we are in Christ, and you understand that we get adopted in, uh, as you continue to unfold this passage of Scripture, the third thing that we want to touch on is about Christ's return. 
Uh, and, I, and I love this because, you, you know, we begin to talk about the second coming of Christ where we know Jesus came, lived his life, died, rose again, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And at just the right time, God is going to allow Jesus to come and to rescue us, and, and then everything becomes perfect again, which is amazing. And, and Paul recognizes this, and he communicates this in verses 9 through 10. It says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And so there's a couple of things that I want to pull out of these verses where one of the things that Paul writes is, is he calls God's will mysterious. And, and I know for, for just about all of us, we probably have seen God's will for our lives as mysterious, where we're going, God, what's your will? I want to know it. I want to follow after it. Could you please show me? Reveal it to me. I just need to know, and, and I'll absolutely do it. So it's seen as a mystery. And, and so when you understand the reality of the Messiah, when you look at the Old Testament, God's will for the coming of the Messiah was very much a mystery. They knew it was going to happen. They, they were aware of the prophets and the things that were declared about the Messiah, but they didn't know exactly how it was going to unfold. And so we are very, very fortunate Right? Because we not only have the, the Old Testament and the New Testament that we get to read and, and, and Christ's death and resurrection and what transpires after with, with the beginning of the early church, but we get this aspect where we get the full, complete picture of the coming of the Messiah and who he is and now the reality that at some point in time his return is imminent. And that, I love that. That's incredible. And so God reveals his will to us. And so this is applicable for us personally as well. Like you may want to know God's will for your life. So what we've got to be doing is seeking after him. He knows he has a plan for us. He has a design. And so we have to be seeking after the designer, the one that's going to give us the map, the plan for our journey as, as it's laid out. So we absolutely can be looking forward to Christ's return, not knowing when that's going to be, but we can be praying and listening for God to reveal his will for us. And so when you look at this whole entire chapter, it's beautiful and so powerful, talking all about identity, talking about who we are in Christ, and it, you know, talking about us as people, as individuals. God designed us with three parts. He made us a trinity, right? We, we, we have a body, we have a mind, and we have a spirit. And that's because that's we're made in the same reflection as God. God is triune as well, where it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so the thing that I love in this passage is when we believe in Christ, God rebirths our spirit. Because when we're born, we're born with that sinful nature that we encounter, that we experience, that we battle against, you know, every single day. But when we experience a rebirth in Christ, every single spiritual blessing that God has, every single spiritual aspect and strength that Jesus had gets deposited into us. I mean, think about the magnitude of the power that you and I get and receive through the Holy Spirit when we commit our lives to Christ and surrender unto Him. What gets deposited into us? Like, that's amazing. That, that should change us in who we are. And so I, I want to ask you, you know, if you're here in the auditorium, if you're watching online, do you have that? Do you have that identity in Christ? Do you have, have you experienced that rebirth in who you are because honestly if you are unsure or if you know that you haven't you have this incredible opportunity right now where we 
can pray and, and as part of God's plan and the revelation of his Holy Spirit where we can come in alignment with him and take Christ in it as our own and experience the adoption that this verse, that this passage talks about. And so if that's you, like it says very clearly, you know, that, that we have to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that, that Jesus is God's one and only son. And that when in believing in that and putting our faith in Christ, that we get re- rejuvenated, we get renewed, we get reborn and to experience salvation once and for all. And we take on the identity that this whole passage was talking about. And so I want to take a moment right now. I want to pray with you in the auditorium or if you're watching you know, this video, I, I want to pray right now. And if, so if you know that's you, I want you to pray along with me uh, because God sees our heart and he knows who we are. And this can be the time, this can be the opportunity where your life is transformed and it's changed. And so if that's you, I want you to pray along with me right now. Maybe you pray something like, God, I know I need you. God, right now in my life, things have not gone well. And I, I'm, I'm so sorry for the things that I've done. And God, I even have some shame and some guilt for some of my decisions. But I want things to change. And I know now that I can believe in, in your son. And so Jesus, I know that you were perfect in every way. That you died on the cross and you rose again for me. And right now I put my belief in you. I put my hope in you. My faith is in you alone as God's son. And I want to surrender all that I am and all that I have to you. Would you come into my life and change me? Would you be my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer? Thank you so much for paying the price so that I could be adopted and become one of God's children. I love you so much. And Father, I also want to pray just a blessing for every single one of us uh, God that we would experience uh, an identity in you Lord that that you would just continue to reveal who we are through your son Jesus that our eyes would continue to be on you Lord that that we would be able to reflect uh, you and in your personhood you and who you are you and your divinity that, that that would transcend who we are and it would come out through the power of the Holy Spirit that we wouldn't held, be held back or held down. Uh, Lord, that you would just eradicate fear, that you would eradicate hate in our life, in our communities, that we would experience you, that Lord, that your love would transcend boundaries like never before, that we would be so secure in our identity in you, that we would be confident in who we are because of our worship and connection with you. God, we glorify you and we submit all these things unto you and your authority. In Jesus' name, amen.